I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. And my guest this week was pretty perfect for what's going on in my life this week. Uh, well, actually, it was two weeks ago, and if anyone has heard, uh, which many of you have, uh, my son, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which uh, has turned my world upside down. Uh but Brenda was a perfect guest to have on during this tough time in my life. Uh, she talked a lot about healing. Uh, we get emotional. It's it's a pretty deep episode, and, and I just appreciate her so much and appreciate her for coming on this show. So um, I'm going to let the episode speak for itself. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, Brenda Kiss. <laughs> You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sidetells, and you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. Ooh, I'm feeling the positivity. I'm feeling the vibes. What is up, Brenda Kiss? Hey. Do I just call you Brenda Kiss? You is- could call me Brenda or Brenda Kiss, whatever you want. I mean, like with what you do in life, uh, maybe it's just me, but I feel like that last name, Kiss, it's just like a positive thing. It just, it works for who you are. It totally does. And I tell my husband, that's why I married him so I could have his last <laughs> <name>. <laughs> It's a good one. It's a really good one. So uh, I'm so curious about the things that you do because I love, especially in this day and age, people like you who not only spread positivity, but teach people how to find it within themselves. Is that fair to say? Definitely fair to say. Yeah. So you own a, uh, a, a is it a business? Yeah. Or, yeah. Called yeah. B-Kiss. Yep. Okay, how did that start? <laughs> uh, before we get into what exactly Bee Kiss is, I mean, that sounds like one heck of a, a venture to take on. How did that start? What brought you to that point? Um, that could be a really long story or a really short I story. I got all the time <laughs> in the world. So <laughs> let's start from the beginning. Uh, it, well, actually, I have three sons. And when my son was two, my youngest son was two, then I had a a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, I was guided to uh, embark on a Reiki, uh, becoming a Reiki master, and I had no idea what that was. I didn't even know what it was, what it was for, or how it could be. And I was told by some spiritual guides, physical people in this realm, um, to um, open up a Reiki practice, and it was not. Um, something I wanted to do at the time. I was homeschooling uh, my three sons, and like I said, they were two, four, and, and six. So hey, I, so you had them two years apart? Yeah, couple. You got three boys. Yes, we live in the same life, <laughs> the same <laughs> life. It's it's a handful, isn't it? It, it? Listen, I think boys in general having them two years apart is even more. <laughs> yeah, best friends, worst enemies, yes. all that good stuff. Yes, the fist fights, the um, and then the brotherly love is is second to none. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have to like grab my head and the hair that isn't there and just be like, "You're gonna miss this one day. Just relax." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yes, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> so you were. Well, who are these people, these spiritual guiders? So I, I, the, the, the long of the story is I, um, I always believed in natural healing. And I had a, a chiropractor. She was in town here. Um, her name was Carmen Mazza. And she had moved um, to Arizona. And she said, go, go uh, get, get Reiki attuned. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Get Reiki attuned? It's, yes, that's what she told me. <laughs> so... Needless to say, right after she told me that, a class popped up um, from Lori Flickinger. I know Lori Flickinger. Uh huh. Saying Reiki One attunement class. I got that in my inbox, and I was just like, "Okay, last week my friend's telling me to take this class, and here it is in my inbox. Coincidental." Uh, can you repeat what that is? A Reiki a, a what attunement? So it's where you attune your vibration, just like you attune a piano. You attune your vibration to a higher frequency of energy. And uh, not that I knew that going back then. I just, she told me it was a way to heal your kids naturally and without medications. And 
So I was like, all right, I'm on it. If you're not going to be here to take care of my kids, you're going to be in Arizona, I'm going to go do that. And then shortly after I did that, um, I went to a, a, weave, a women's diva girl uh, glamping um, trip. It was a glamping, a camping in style. So we were in lodges. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Glamping. Did you, did you say glamping? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I was unfamiliar with that term as well. But go on. Um, and uh, there was a woman there that I had not met. And I can't remember her name. I wish I really could because I would love to connect with her. But um, she sat down and we were talking and we were just having a conversation like you and I. And then she started talking to me about my gra- grandfather that was with me and and my grandfather. And she told me his name and everything. He had passed when I was eight years old. And so she's telling me all this. And I was just like, first of all, I was really scared because I grew up Catholic and that kind of stuff is not... Uh, okay was not okay in my in the upbringing that i had what what stuff the spiritual like psychic connection stuff like that oh yeah that probably goes against catholicism i would think well it did in my teaching of it anyway and um so i was i was nervous um talking to her after that and then uh she was saying to me go tell me about your Reiki practice now i just had the Reiki one attunement that i was led to and i was like i don't have a practice and she goes, well, you need to finish up to your Reiki master and have a practice. And that was in January. And I, I can't remember the years because I don't really pay attention to that stuff. <laughs> um, but then that was in January. Then in November of that year, I ran into a woman um, at a, a women's like luncheon. And she said, let's grab, let's grab a, a coffee another day. So we set up a coffee meeting and we sat down, I swear to you. In the first sentence, she goes, how's your Reiki practice? I'm like, I... Getting right to it, huh? I don't have a Reiki practice. I got three kids. I'm homeschooling. I don't, I don't want a business. I, she assumed you had one? She, Yeah. And she goes, well, you need to have one. You're supposed to have one. It's your calling. Just, this was nine months, right? January? 11 months later, after the first person told me to do it. And then what happened was, in January of that following year, so almost a whole year later from the first person... I did go get my Reiki 2 attunement, they're called. And right after that, um, my youngest son had an accident and um, fell in in the bathroom and developed a blood clot in his brain. And um, I thought he had uh, a concussion. So um, I I did take him into uh, the emergency center, and they were like, no, it's a clot, and they might have to do surgery. So the clot came from the fall? Yes. And um, and then they we went up to Cooper. They took us by ambulance because at any time the clot could burst or get bigger, and he could cause him oh. to have brain damage. So um, everything in my being knows that the body can heal naturally if given the right tools and and. Um, guidance and uh, I don't uh, but when you are in the state of of I call it in the thick of it meaning you're living the experience it's easy easy for me to tell you your body can heal naturally right it's easy for me to see that but when it's your own stuff in your own situations it could be a little bit more challenging to see and what happened was um I also know that the power of the mind is is powerful, and, and worry is a form of prayer, and it's praying for the things that you don't want. So in the decision that uh, my husband and I made at that time was that we weren't going to let anybody um, know about my son's accident that wasn't of the positive mind, that didn't believe in the power of healing, that didn't believe in... Um, Why? What were because you afraid because I knew they would worry and put the wrong energy out into the universe. So like, um, you know, there's certain people in our lives that if we said, if I would have called them up and said, listen, we're in the hospital, Brennan, oh my God, is he going to be okay? Oh my God, is he going to survive? What's going to happen? And, you know, that is worrying, that's fear-based energy. And that energy will then create more of that. Mm. And so I didn't want any of that. I didn't want any of that energy to be out there. I only wanted people say to be out there saying, Brennan's body's whole, perfect, and complete healing and 100% by God, by divine, by love, however they, it, they do it. And so there was a handful of people, and then 
that I had um, there, that not there, but praying and, and I'll, I'll say healing, sending him positive energy. And anybody that knows anything about a blood clot, it usually in the same 24 hours gets to the size that it gets to and then dissipates. Oh, you mean so like in within one hour, it's I would say 24 hours. It becomes full size and from there. It usually shrinks. Okay. Well, we were on day six in the hospital. <sighs> and day six, the, sur- the neurosurgeon came in and he said, okay, we're going to do surgery on your son. <sighs> and they, they, sh- they told me where they were going to shave his hair. They put the little dot where they were going to go in and like drain the clot. And the thing was... I, I and I beliefs are so strong, and that beliefs can serve you, right? Your your beliefs can empower you and lift you up, or you can have beliefs that are disempowering. But when you believe in something so strong, it's hard to see something any different. And I totally, truly, one hundred percent believe that the body can heal. And um, so I phoned a friend. And I told the neurosurgeon, no, we're not doing surgery. So I don't know how many people can tell a doctor. Whoa, <laughs> holy cow. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I say that because it comes from this divine guidance, this inner knowing that there was. this is not what we need right now. He was showing no signs of distress. The, the clot was not getting bigger. It wasn't getting smaller. It was just it. And... Um, but the, it, isn't there a fear there? You were saying earlier, a fear of it bursting. It could have caused brain damage. He could have died. Yes, there, there's all those little things. Um, little things. There's all those <laughs> things that could have happened. Um, but what I believe is that when you're in that moment, you know. You know what you need to do for your child. And um, Was this something that you and your husband both totally agreed on? I don't mean to get, I could have been, that's a really tough time. So I don't, I don't know. Um, Did we totally agree on it? It's That's an interesting question. I want to say to a point we did. And then to the point, I think that my husband just wanted to support my decisions. Wow. And not saying that's the right way to do it. I think that in our relationship, we've kind of worked on that. Like I'm not the one that's in control of everything anymore, Mm. you know? Um, but years ago, that was definitely the case when it came to our kids, like because that's how much certainty I had around what I knew. And um, I called on a healer to pray and heal, work on me, and he came and he cleared everything. He cleared out all my fear, all my uncertainty. Uh, energetically, he wasn't even in the building. And um, I was in the chapel, and he prayed, and I put my spiritual music on. And when I went back to my son's room, the doctor often said, is this the son's room or your room? Who's the patient here? <laughs> and I said, well, we are just one being at this time. And um, when I went back to the room. Saying, st- saying stuff like that to doctors. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that flies with them so much, you know. I don't think they believe too much in the natural. You know, what's interesting. Uh, I asked the doctors so many questions because you know, I, I don't relinquish my healing or my power over to somebody else. I feel that everybody should be con- in control. You were born with all of your answers that you need to heal in every emotional, physical, spiritual, um, mental, whatever it is, you have everything you need to heal within you, right? But but wouldn't people need guidance though? I mean, and that's where that I was going. So then I asked thousands of questions because I wanted to know what every possible outcome could be. You know, why, why does he need to be on seizure medicine? What, why does he have to have Tylenol? Why does he have to do this? Why is he um, only allowed to get up? Why is, or not allowed to get up? Or, you know, why do you have to check your blood pressure? Like those are all things. And I asked so many questions, not to um, dismiss the doctor, but to gather information so I could make the decisions and the decisions that I felt was best for our family. That makes sense. You know, they actually thought I was a doctor <laughs> because I asked so many questions. Mm. They were like, what kind of doctor are you? I, <laughs> <laughs> I said, Dr. Mom, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so that day, that was a Sunday that the doctor wanted to do surgery. And like I said, I had somebody come work on me. And when I got all of my energy cleared, when I got centered and grounded and, and just felt whole inside, 
I walked into my son's room in the hospital, and I knew in that moment that everything was okay. I knew if he had to get surgery, it was going to be okay. If he ended up with brain damage, it was going to be okay. If he ended up passing, it was eventually going to be okay. And I know that sounds crazy, Whoa. but I just made peace in the moment. How long had he been in the hospital when that moment happened? Six days. Six days. Well, those previous six days. I, there was a sense of knowing, but also fear. Yeah. So there was fear around that something was going to happen to him and, you know, uh, fear around that I was going to make the wrong decisions, that kind of thing. And when I was actually, you know, when I got centered, when, when my friend cleared my energy, um, I was, I was grounded and I was centered in, uh, called God's energy. And that's the fact that I just knew that God was going to take care of the situation no matter what it was. And, um, we had a CAT scan the next day, and we went home from the hospital with no surgery. The clot had dissipated overnight after I released all my fear around it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And is this, this was uh, what helped made you decide that? So when that happened, um, I knew it happened for a reason, and that is absolutely the reason I decided to uh, become a Reiki master and open a practice on healing. Um, absolutely. Wow. Wow. That's, that's incredible. That's, <laughs> that's an incredible story. Um, let's go back because I, I, I'm curious. So these things that you were doing, the, uh, pardon me if I mess this up, Reiki, uh, attunement. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me, because to someone, uh, just a random person who has, most people have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about, uh -huh. you know, Reiki entombment. Like, um, I feel like, uh, there's almost like a little, a bit of, uh, I don't know if taboo is the right word. I, I feel like there's so many misconceptions about the type of stuff you are doing that a lot of people, uh, because it's not medical American medical medication and, and, and uh, science, you know, they just kind of like pass it off as like foo foo kind of, um, and yet there are so many people like you, and we were talking about Kim earlier and, and, and uh, uh, Jenny Penny and so many others who have these type of stories. Yep. So many stories uh, have such a positive outcome because of this new lifestyle they've taken on. Uh, so like, let's go into what it, what it involves. So Reiki attunement, like, what does that mean? So a, a person that performs Reiki gets, a, the, gets attunements. And what that means is that you actually just, like I was saying earlier, you, we, our bodies are made, everything in the world is frequency energy. And when you get, um, a Reiki attunement or any other type of energetic attunements, cause there are other ones out there, you actually raise the frequency of your body and you open up your body frequency to receive more of the higher frequency energy. Wait, wait, let me slow you down. Okay. So <laughs> I've been doing yeah. this a long time. So yeah, yes. no, this is like second nature to you, but yeah. like, to me, I'm like, well, what do you mean by the frequency? Um, so if you think of a radio station, right, that they tune in on a certain frequency, right? right? So what an attunement does is actually makes that frequency band wider so it can tune in longer, like from further distance. Oh, okay. No, no, that's that's a, a metaphor, I guess, that is start, starting to make some things clear. And to have this wider frequency, wider frequency, I can yeah. say, what are you doing? Like, So that actually gives me the ability to become a channel for higher energetic frequencies, um, which is called Reiki frequency, but some people might know it as divine healing or um, universal healing or uh, healing of the hands, that kind of thing. And so what happens is as a practitioner gets an attunement, they open their, their frequency, I'll, I'll just keep it basic, but their bandwidth wider so that more of that energy can come through so that I can pass it on to the person, place, or thing that I'm giving Reiki to. So, so having a wide frequency sounds amazing, but what are the, how do you get there? What are the, I don't know if you can like reveal all your secrets, but like you go in, you said a healer, someone that heals. Yes. Are you a healer? Yes. So what does a healer do to help someone widen their frequency? Well, we could attune them. That's one thing. But uh, as a as an, a Reiki practitioner, um, 
I do what's called transformative neuro-reiki, and I also bring in neuroscience, which, which is a whole other aspect of what I do. Um, but as an energetic healer, what we do is if we bring this high frequency into our clients and we pass it on to them, and it helps clear, all, I'll say, all the clutter out of their energetic, emotional, physical oh, body. there's so much clutter out there, isn't there? <laughs> yes. There really is. And I mean... Most people don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah, until they take that step back. I mean, I I, I would take like uh, six minutes of meditation. And by the end, I'm just like, oh, I'm feeling like this. Relax, Sam. It's okay, you yeah, know? It's that's definitely it. And when you do meditation, you're actually tuning in to a higher frequency at the time. You're stepping out of your... Um, I'll say human okay. experience. See, now that's making a lot of sense to me because I've experienced that. And not only does it help me in that moment when I'm meditating, but it helps me recognize these feelings in everyday life. You know, someone uh, comes up to me for whatever reason in the store and, and, and I'm feeling like being alone. So I start getting a little anxious because I don't want to talk and right away go right back to breathing and Sam, recognize this, push it out. Let's have this conversation. Let's move on with our day. See, you tuned into your frequency. You tuned into the energy that you were feeling. And you may even have picked up the person's um, energy or frequency of anxiety and all that. And maybe that's why you didn't want to talk to the person. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a possibility. So when you're getting these attunements... So let me just stop you there. So okay. as a practitioner or a healer, we get attunements. As someone that comes in to receive Reiki, they're getting a healing. They're not getting attuned each time. They can go to do, do that. But like when I see clients, like I worked on a friend on Saturday night and she was going through a moment of, um, you know, the, you know we're, we're in a tough stage of life right now with what, what's going on in the world. And one of her friends wanted to commit suicide and, mm. So she was just having a lot of heaviness in her heart. And I just did a 20-minute session on her and um, just helped pull out all of this energy that was in her heart. And she texted me the next day. She goes, I don't know what you did to me last night, but I just feel amazing today. So thank you. <laughs> Reiki is really hard to understand. It's more of an ex experiential uh, I know I'm trying so hard to <laughs> get a grasp on like these moments. Of, uh, so you're healing this person. Does, is is massage involved? Is it conversation? Is nope. it lighting sense? I'm it's not hitting it. It's actually just I? me bringing my hands to you and sending you positive energy that helps you just kind of release all of whatever is keeping you from feeling at your highest. So what does that look like? You're you're in a, a you're on a, a massage table. If you were to come to my table, I mean, so my Reiki practice has morphed into what I say transformative neuro Reiki. And what I do with that is I actually run groups of, of mostly women, honestly. Um, and I help them change their brain patterns, their associations and uh, mindsets, as well as their energy, um, their energetic body, body with the Reiki. And then also I help with, and with all of that, I, it's, helping them really reconnect with themselves and their spirituality, whatever their God or their universe, whatever that means to them. So I don't, don't necessarily sit and do one-on-one -on -one sessions with a heel, with a Reiki, with a client anymore, but what that did look like or what that would look like if somebody went to get a Reiki session, you would lay on a massage table and it would make it into a nice relaxing experience. And I literally place my hands at the top of your head, maybe on them, just depends on the practitioner and then work our hands down um, the center, the center of your body. No words are being spoken. Mm, that's debatable because, okay. um, typically not. However, each session is somewhat different. And, um, as a practitioner, I can feel what's going on with my clients. And sometimes there's something that needs to be said. There's a release that needs to be happened. You know, as a practitioner, I can sense that, feel it, and maybe even release it for them. So looking at me right now, <laughs> am I, am I giving any feelings of stress or negativity or be real? Just lay it on me. What, what, what are the vibes or vibes, the right even word? I don't know. Um, so if you really want me to tap into your energy, I can go there. Okay. And for me, I feel there's a lot of, um, like it could almost bring me to tears in your heart. Yeah. What? 
Why? Um, I don't, the, the, the why isn't there. And so as a Reiki practitioner, I would just go in and I would just send energy to your heart. And with that, I would just um, help release the tears. Like I might even, if I was doing a session, I might even just cry to release your tears for you. And it could be from something that's going on now, something that went on from your childhood, something that went on from a, a one-time experience. Um, there's just, that's what I feel. There's like, uh, yeah, something going on in the heart chakra. The heart what? <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation that so uh just like chiropractors adjust your spine and acupuncturists adjust your meridians um chakras i mean um energy workers adjust your chakras which are these energy vortexes um on different parts of your body these are physical things no you can't see them but they're definitely there and they're they're attached to your spinal uh cord they're called nadis and they come around and they spin and each um, there's, uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of chakras, but there's seven main chakras and each chakra has a job to do physically, spiritually, and emotionally. So if you want me to talk about the heart, what that's about, I can. So the heart chakra, um, well, I'm feeling very emotionally invested after what you said. <laughs> so yes, let's talk about the heart. Uh, <laughs> the heart chakra is, um, it's, you know, obviously where compassion lies, it's where forgiveness is, it's where um, our trust is, it's where we have a balance of masculine and feminine energy. Um, and people, and this is going based off of our conversation, not what I felt, but pre-podcast conversation, um, you can hold guilt in the heart or in what's called the sacral. So that that's maybe what I'm picking up on. Well, I don't mind talking about that i mean people are probably wondering so uh for those of you who don't know i know this podcast is about you uh but I i'd like to mention that uh, uh the town's been so supportive uh most people know that uh this has been the hardest week i've had probably ever where uh my son uh, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and uh there is a lot of guilt there because you know i always want to be the best dad i can be um, but when your son is, you know, cranky all the time and, and, and very, uh, disrespectful and, you know, uh, screaming a lot and, and, and maybe not trying his best when you want him to try, or maybe not even trying at all, you know, you're trying to push him, you're trying to push him. My other kids, you know, you don't have to push them. They're just so self-motivated. And so uh, I have this, a lot of guilt because, you know, I was never, never mean to my son. I love him to death, but man, I, there were definitely times where I pushed him when I shouldn't have, because I didn't realize that maybe his blood sugar was too high or maybe it was too low. And that's the reason why, while everyone else is out exercising, he's laying on the floor and saying he can't do it, you know, or, uh, when he's screaming at his brothers and, and, and being, you know, angry with myself and miss Lisa, I just uh, a lot of times I would just see it as being disrespectful to so send him to his room, have a long talk, you know, uh, take something away from him, just trying to find ways to to change the behavior. Um, you know, I, I try a lot, you know, with positive uh, reinforcement. But, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, all right, this is too much. And, um, yeah, I do have guilt because I, I wish I wish I had known. Uh, during those times when I, I was saying, man, just get up, don't be lazy, you know, do the workout or, you know, sending him to his room because he's so, he's being so irritable, you know, it wasn't his fault, it wasn't his fault at all, it was, uh, you know, his blood sugar, it, it, that's all it was, uh, I mean, my he's a very emotional, all my kids are emotional, I'm emotional, Lisa's emotional, but, you know, uh, but ever since the treatments and now that we're getting him his insulin, it's like a different kid, you know, just way more at peace. Uh, you know, he's still very emotional, still fights with his brothers, but it's toned down so much. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you're seeing something in my heart, that would be it. I mean, there's not really anything I can think about that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling guilty about. I mean, I try my best with school and with my family and we're here in the podcast with you and everything I do, working at the gym. So... And I was trying my best. I still, I'll always try the, my best with my kids, but 
Well, every experience that we have as a parent or a child is meant to be. It's what's going to lead us into the next step for us, right? Like, you know, it, you know, my, like I said, my son fell in the bathroom. Bathroom. I was downstairs <laughs> making photocopies for their schoolwork. There was definitely a ton of guilt around that for myself. Mm-hmm. But releasing the guilt and doing some work on overcoming it and like what's the lesson for this what's the lesson for me to learn like not why did this happen not why does casey have have diabetes type 1 diabetes like what's the lesson for him what's the lesson for me what's the lesson for our family what's this you know how can this support our family how can we grow from this how can we um you know you know what's good about the situation and i think with every you know, if we just look at that as uh, with COVID and what's everything's going around with COVID, it's the same type of thing. And not that I don't have compassion or, um, you know, I have a, you know, a dear friend and two that have been, one has passed and one is still recovering. It's 36 days later. So it's not that I don't have compassion, but there's a reason for COVID. There's a reason that we're going through all of this. And there's a, there's, there's silver linings, there's lessons, there's, there's in every, I call them experiences, some people might call them problems or challenges or situations, experiences, every experience that we have, there's a chance to grow and learn from. Wow, I'm feeling moved. <laughs> and we have to take a commercial break. Brenda, we'll be right back. Oh my gosh, I need to think about things for a minute. <laughs> Hey guys, it's me, Sam. You know, the one who's just talking to Brenda. I have two things to drop on you right now. First of all, do you want your kids to have the best summer ever? Of course you do. Well, there's only way you can provide that for them and that is through an awesome summer camp experience. The swimming, the sports, the outdoor play, and being together with their best buds. Sign up for Camp Tuscaloosa is open right now, so get on that. Also, if you haven't heard by now, I have a new show with my friend named Dan Morrow. It's called The Nostalgia Cafe. We're interviewing celebrities and talking about all your favorite things from your childhood. It can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere you find your podcast. So check out The Nostalgia Cafe. All right, we're back, people. So how long have you been doing this for? As a business, six years, I'm starting my seventh. Oh, you've been at it for a while now. Yes. So I know you probably don't want to give any information about clients, but can you uh, tell me, have you had successes? Have you you seen things that have made you proud of your work? Oh, absolutely. I would say um, uh, there's been many. um, This year alone with... um, uh, my clients, uh, three of them came to me, uh, severely depressed and, um, so almost suicidal. Um, one was actually doing self-harm on her. I don't know if you know what that means, but she was like cut. self-mutilation yep. type of stuff. Cutting yeah. Herself. And she's been with me for a year now. She started actually right before COVID last year. And she, uh, and just after eight weeks with me, just, you know, um, saw a whole new life for herself and she's been on such a beautiful path and uh she just hit her one year of no self-harm and uh you know i mean she has many other celebrations but that to me is just a beautiful thing when someone has been doing that for almost their whole life you know not doing that any longer i had a, a woman come to me who lost her son to um uh, lost her son. I'll just leave that. I don't okay. want to give her any, you know, break any confidentiality. She lost her son a year ago in September. So when I started working with her, it was about 10 months after her son had passed and she came, you know, very angry, very depressed, not, not, um, wanting to live, you know, like what's her purpose? You know, she couldn't save her son type of, um, mentality. And, you know, she is, uh, just doing beautifully. She's, uh, actually going to be moving to Florida. She's becoming a teacher down there. And, um, just really uh, enjoying life and, you know, looking at her son's death. As I said, every experience is a learning experience and not that that wasn't, you know, something extremely challenging. You know, I hope I never have to go through that or anybody listening. Um, but she has, has learned to see his passing and his life experience in a different light um, as well as her own. So, uh, and if you want to go back to when I was doing... Um, uh, Reiki and, you know, this, these other two clients I was doing all of the other neurotransformative Reiki 
which is the mindset, the neuroscience, the human behavior, um, the associations and patterns that we run in our life. And But um, when I was doing uh, Reiki, there was a woman that came to me with Parkinson's, and I find this so fascinating because she was actually uh, declining. Um, I don't know. Do you know what Parkinson's is? Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I read... Um uh, Michael J. Fox's book, uh, Looking Up, or something along those lines. and yeah. yeah. Well, she had a really close place in my heart. My my grandfather had Parkinson's, and, you know, he would be shaking all the time. And so when she came to me for help, I, I was just like, well, let's do what we can. And I saw her weekly. And um, and she was a young woman. When I say young, I believe in her early 50s. And most people that have Parkinson's, it takes a while to progress. Mm. And she had been diagnosed, and she came to me preparing to die, meaning she was already kind of dead in her mind, and she had to get everything in order for her children. And oddly enough, I say this uh, a little bit sarcastically, but because she was preparing for death, the Parkinson's had progressive rap- progressed rapidly. And um, she was on the strongest medication. There was no other medication that she could have went on to help with her symptoms because there was only a certain dosage that you could take and she was on the highest dose. And this was in the summertime, maybe June or July. And, um, after that we started, I said, all right, let's come in weekly. So she was coming to me weekly and, um, she was being seen by her doctor regularly in Philadelphia somewhere. And he was just like, you know what, we're going to do an experimental surgery in December. And, you know, we don't know if it's going to work. We don't know what's going to happen, but, this is probably one of the best things that you can do because you're you're progressing so fast. So Parkinson is just like kind of just makes your brain go dead in certain areas. And uh, we worked together, I think, about six to eight weeks. And she had a checkup at her doctor's. And this was in the early fall. And um, they were able to reduce her Parkinson's medication. She didn't have nearly as many tremors. And um, she did not need the, exp- the uh, exp- uh, experimental surgery. And I'm not saying Reiki cures anything. I'm just saying when you shift your mindset and shift your energy, your body can start to heal. Uh, when I was in college, I'll never forget something I learned in one of my health classes. Uh, the teacher was talking about heart attacks and, and the percentage of people who survive them versus who don't. And he was explaining, I'll never forget this, that the majority of, I don't know if a majority is the right word, word but uh, you get type A personalities, those really, you know, go-getters and really tough. And then you get uh, the type B, a little more lax about things. And between those two, the ones who are way, way more likely to survive the heart attack are the type A's because type B will just go with it and, you know, oh, this is it, blah, blah, blah. And type A is more the type which is like, no, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> you are not taking my life. I will beat you. And there's not, that's not surgery. That's not uh, pills. That's just the power of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. There's an, an amazing doctor. His name's Dr. Joe Dispenza. So if you're interested in really diving into how the mind works, he's actually studying the brain waves and patterns of how thoughts create different synopses and create different um, ripples effects into your body and how it heals. It's amazing. So he's pretty cool. With so many positive results, you know, I just went to CHOP with my son. I've been to, you know, hospitals and doctors, and you never see anyone prescribe Reiki. <laughs> there are Reiki practitioners in the hospital. And really? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, in our local hospitals, I don't know. I know in cancer treatment centers they have them. Um, uh, also in birthing centers they have them for the mothers. Um Oh, this is taken way more seriously than I uh, than I thought. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there. It's becoming way more mainstream for sure. Even in the last six years that I've been in business, there's there was hardly anybody that knew Reiki or did Reiki, and you know you couldn't find a Reiki circle anywhere. And now that they're well, I don't know if they're all over anymore with the COVID experience, but they were prior to that. So it is becoming more. They're doing a lot more studying around it, and yeah, yeah. Uh, what about for yourself? Is there someone at this point, you're seven years in, you're considered like a Reiki master, right? Yes. Is that a a title given to you from another Reiki master? Is that, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
is there somebody who is still healing you or are you doing everything yourself? <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't believe in everything yourself. I think that uh, <laughs> we all need support uh, when we need support. I feel like there's a lot of tools that I teach and that I implement in my daily life. But there's times where I'm fully challenged where I can't, the tools aren't enough for me. I need help. I, I have a coach. Um, who does, who's a master NLP, NAP practitioner, and I have a spiritual mentor, and two, two spiritual mentors that I uh, call upon. And then I have a, a, my friends are all in the spiritual healing world. So I'm, I'm well supported. Yeah, that's a, that's a good crew to have around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe that one of the keys to success is, um, who, you know, paying attention to who you hang out with, you know, it's like you want to, I, you know, I used to struggle with weight and body image and diet and, Oh, did you? Yes. Uh, you know, I was, I was called an, I, I was called, I, I don't even know if this is the right word or if it's real, but I, I call, I called myself an exercise bulimic, meaning I would eat and then I would go run for five hours to work off Whoa. whatever I ate. And yeah. Um, yeah, I battled. Uh, I, I should have brought you my before and after pictures. Oh, are they on Facebook? <laughs> they are. All right. Yeah, I'll look it up. You keep going. <laughs> um, uh, and so, uh, you know, if I wanted to be around, if I wanted to support around eating healthy and being healthy, I couldn't hang out with people at bars eating fries and, you know, whatever. Is that why you didn't take the beer I offered you? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't drink alcohol very, very often, maybe once every, once a year, maybe. Yeah, it's probably a good move. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so anyhow, uh, it, you know, the, one of the keys to success is being mindful who you spend your time with. Yeah, for sure. And and going back to what you were saying, so uh, when you gain this weight, when, when did you gain this weight? Because you, you're saying you worked at your workout of bulimic. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Am I using the wrong word? No, that's it. That's it, workout bulimic. Yeah, was, so I purged not by throwing up. I purged by exercising. Got you, got you. Because at bulimic, yeah, I wasn't yeah. exactly sure. Um, when was that? That was in my early 20s. So I'm 40. I'll be 44 next week. Right. Oh, right on. <laughs> Early happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't even know there was a term for that. I didn't even realize I was doing that. But I was so concerned about gaining weight that, um, I mean, I literally was working out probably four hours a day. I mean, I run three Whoa. or four hours in the morning and then I- Three or four hours? Or work out three or four hours, not run. Okay. But, but I would do like a four to seven mile run and then I would hit the gym and then sometimes go back and do calisthenics. You are evening. hardcore. I, it was an addiction. I mean, there was not. It was not healthy. I mean, yeah, at all. Yeah, no. That, that's a that's overtraining for yes. sure. Yeah. Are you still in the gym? Are you still working out? Um, I walk. I I jog. I exercise every day. I move my body every day. It's not. Um, I walk four to five miles, and that's my workouts. <laughs> yeah, walking's great, isn't it? Sometimes I jog, but yeah, it just depends on how my body's feeling. And how about your diet? My diet is, uh, you know, we, we look to eat um, unprocessed foods and, you know, just really I have had, I've have I've come a long way when it comes to food. I wouldn't say I'm like a complete health buff, but I'm not um, eating you got junk a good, You either. got a good balance going on. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really just eat what I want, to be honest, but there's not this mental guilt or shoulds i should be eating salad i should be eating you know you know leafy greens and i do all that because i want to not that i should anymore. yeah yeah you're not forcing it on yourself yeah um and i read on one of your facebook posts that you and your husband through through these transformations of yours are living a life now that's better than the honeymoon phase. <laughs> that's right. I read that. <laughs> Is that still going strong right now? <laughs> it's true. It's really funny because my girlfriend just said that to me the other day. The girlfriend I was telling you about how I worked on her and she felt better um, from her friend uh, wanting to commit suicide. Yeah, she just said, how, how, you know, how is it in the year of COVID that you and your husband are closer than you've ever been? And um, the truth is, I think from doing all this work on myself and um, really understanding emotions and, and relationships and, and my, myself and my belief systems and um, 
open, having open communication. I met my husband and I, we've been together, it will be 20 years this um, August. And well, married 16 in October, so 20 years together. Um, and yeah, I would say our relationship is definitely better than it was when, I mean, we've always had a really good relationship, but it's definitely better. I don't remember writing that post. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was great <laughs> when I read it. Very cool. Do you heal him ever? So it's interesting because my husband kind of made fun of me when I started this type of work. He, he did. Why? What would he uh, say? He's a real science guy. Oh, logic. see, there you go. That's the that's the other side, right? Yes. And he didn't understand how it all worked. And I have a funny story because, you know, he didn't understand how it worked. He didn't know. He, there was no logic behind it. So, you know, he used to, you know, and they still make fun of me, him and my kids. Well, I, I hear that because, you know, I hear the word chakra, you know, and ask if that's something physical. Uh, I mean, in your mind, you know, it's true. Like yeah. to someone like me who really doesn't know anything about it, it sounds like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's these things on your spine and, <laughs> you know, it's, it sounds like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know? Yep. And so he didn't, he, he, he thought it was fascinating that people paid me <laughs> to place my hands on them, um, to be truthful. Uh, but there was this one, one time that he hurt himself at the gym and his shoulder was sore for three days. And every day I said, do you want me to do Reiki on you? And he's like, no, I'll be fine. Three days later, his, his shoulder still, we're going to bed and he's like, my shoulder is still hurting me. And I said, well, how about you, uh, you know, I'll just send the Reiki to you when we sleep. So I placed my hand on his shoulder and, and with the intention of Reiki going to him while we slept. And uh, I woke up. I'm always up. Well, I used to be always up before him because he's a DJ. So he's a night mm. owl. And, uh, and so he came out into the kitchen and he's rolling his shoulder and he's like, holy moly, it's, it's awesome. It's better. And I was like, wow. I was like, do you think of us the Reiki? And he goes, no, it was the hot shower I took before bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyhow, he he's come a long way. He definitely has his own beliefs around it, but he does ask for energy healing if he's not feeling well. Or he does, yep. so he asks for it. Yep. On all my kids, will too. Even they, even though they make fun of me, but at the moment they're not feeling well. Mommy, can you do Reiki on me? That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. You have some quotes uh, on your page, and I mean, they, you might have already somewhat covered them already in this podcast, but I, it's still worth mentioning, and if you want to elaborate on them, feel sure. free to. Uh, a couple of the ones I really loved. Um, the power of turning into yourself. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? So it's the power of tuning into yourself, and that means mm, really... Tuning. <laughs> back to the tuning. Yeah. <laughs> um, it really just means to start... <laughs> understanding yourself like you know um when i say tuning in it's tuning into how you feel in the moment like you know so when i walked when i got home today i was out getting my hair done i got home today and i just got extremely stressed overwhelmed and i'm like i was fine in the car like what the heck happened from the car to my house like i don't understand and then i was like you know what I need a break from my work. I need to take, like, I was going to go home and do some work before I came here. And I was just like, no, I, I need to decompress. I need to just have a day off where I'm not doing anything. So I did that. I sat in, in quiet for 20 minutes. I did a little card reading for myself. And I was just like, so I tuned into what I needed in that moment. I, you know, so um, that's what I mean by tuning in, like, really starting to become super aware of what you're feeling, what you're noticing about yourself, your experience, your, you know, and one of the reasons that I could, I felt your energy is because I knew it was yours because that I wasn't feeling any of that until you asked me to tune into your energy, right? So if I wasn't tuned into myself, I wouldn't have known if that was your energy or my energy that I was feeling. And I, there's a lot of people that walk around like that, which is can be very stressful because you have no idea what's going on in any given moment because you could be feeling all everybody else's emotions and feelings. So, do you feel like you're ever off with that? Like yeah, that you think you're you're getting some kind of energy from someone? I'm sure I'm off. I mean, I am a human being, but, but um, yeah. I mean, okay, so it's not a perfect okay. science I mean, by any means, no. but yeah. I mean, I definitely, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I was definitely feeling some guilt in my heart. Like I was expressing. So yeah, you know, I'd say you were right about me. Yeah. I mean, you had told me the guilt. So I, I want to put that out there. I, I, that I didn't actually feel. I just felt tears of just 
needing to be released over whatever. So, but yeah. I was basing it off of what you shared, which it could be, or it could be something else to be honest. Okay. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's that, but if there's something <laughs> deeper in there, maybe we'll dig deeper one day. <laughs> uh, you also said, um, master at manifesting master master at manifesting yeah so we manifest all the time and what manifest means is that we create our reality we we bring into our reality what we think about what we feel about and what what emotions we live in so to become a master at manifesting you really have to i i'll call it intentional manifesting right like we manifest everything into our lives and so if we're manifesting, <laughs> I'll give you an example. I'm working on this huge project for April and I'm manifesting stuff that's not conducive to what I need. So today I needed to step back and be like, all right, what, what emotions do I need to release? Because it's, it's blocking me from what I really need, need to manifest. Right. So, but we are always manifesting. And, and what I teach people is how to consciously and intentionally manifest. And I was always taught at a very young age, I have a pretty amazing parents that always taught me to think positive, to look at the bright side of things and all of that. But I had some family childhood, not family, childhood trauma, not caused by my parents, but other family members. And um, those, those, that trauma um had like subconscious beliefs that I grew up with that I wasn't good enough, that I didn't mm. deserve good things, um, that I wasn't worthy. Um, and so when you are manifesting, if you are manifesting, you can put all this motivation and energy out, but if you're manifesting a, a goal and desire that's at this frequency, this vibration and your core and subconscious is vibrating at a lower frequency, I, there's like a frequency ladder then there's a mismatch. There's no, they're not going to line up. So to master your, to be a master manifester, you have to go in and you have to clear out all of the, the core beliefs that aren't to your highest good. Mm. Right. And you have to learn, you have to, you have to learn what they are because I have set goals my whole life. I mean, I told you my parents were pretty amazing from the early 20, from 20, one, 22, 23, I had written goal statements. I don't know how many people at 23 years old have a written goal statement out and I would rewrite it every six months. And it was always the same goal statement because it never came to fruition. And so um, when you master your energy and you master all of that, then the goals are in alignment with what you, with how you feel. Oh, wow. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Wow. I have a lot to think about, Brenda. This was some heavy, <laughs> heavy stuff. I will be re-listening to this episode. I'm so curious what Miss Lisa's going to have to say about it. Wow. Um, we're running out of time and we have to get to the chat pack, but I did have some, some more lighthearted stuff I wanted to ask you about, and uh, I need to know about your history with roller derby. That's a friend. So oh, I it's probably, not you? <laughs> I probably just commented on a friend oh, okay. or liked the page because she was... Um, in town here was on the I team. thought you were out there no, knocking people no, no, down no, on no. rollerblades. Not my thing, no. <laughs> but you do have some hobbies, right? You're a, uh, I love the beach. I love nature. I love hiking. Um, you're an avid reader. Uh, I love to be an avid reader. I, I don't necessarily read as much as I want. I you listen. strike me as someone who has read The Four Agreements. I have read The Four Agreements. I thought so. <laughs> that, was a, that was a game changer when I read that one. Yeah, there's this... Awesome books. I'm reading one called Dissolve the Problem Right Now by Richard Dotz. It's a great book. Okay. So, okay. I, I have a lot of respect for what you do. I mean, you were helping people and uh, I just, I love people like you who are going on literally impacting people's lives. You're saving people's lives. And uh, I don't know about you, but I get so much from, from the books I read. And I'm just curious if you were going to say, like I said, uh, if ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't checked out the four agreements, it's an easy read mm -hmm. an easy read and uh, i know a lot of people have read it and i know that those people have been positively impacted including like i said myself um, but that's a really famous one a lot of people know about four agreements do you have a book that you could recommend to me um so if you really want to learn how to tune in there's a book called heal your body by louise hay it's it's um louise hay was is what she has passed on but she healed her body from cancer through affirmations and more deep work, but it started with affirmations. So she's got a book called Heal Your Body, and it talks about what each part of your body 
how it, uh, what's the emotional component of each part of your body, and then an affirmative statement to stay to counteract whatever is going on. So that's my. Is she reference. receiving affirmations from herself or from other people? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay. And the book is called what again? Heal Your Body. Heal She's your got body. Heal Your Body, Heal Your Life, which is a book like that's like 300 and some pages. Yeah, maybe three kids ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she's got a book called Heal Your Body. That's a good one. Okay. That's um, the one I'll check out then. I, I'm, re- I'm reading Richard Dots, the last two books I read. He's got one on manifesting, and this last one's called D- Dissolve the Problem, I think is really awesome. It's just a different way. Everything I just said, you know, how you present yourself or how you put your energy into a situation is what how, how it manifests, right? So he talks about not even giving problems energy. So it's an interesting book. You ever think about writing one yourself? I do have a book, actually. What? You have a book? <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's an ebook. Uh, it's not published yet, but it, you can go to my website. And yeah, get you it. are going to publish it. I will publish it one day, yes. What's it called? Um, I've now changed the title so many times. I don't <laughs> Titles are hard. <laughs> it's, it's 30 days of daily activities to live in a place of love. So um, every day you read a page and it gives you an activity to start doing to see, if, you know, a tool um, to help you just kind of go back into your heart space. Oh, after this conversation, I would read that 100%. Yeah. And, uh, and a, a good concrete 30-day plan. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, very Go get cool. my website. You can get it. Where can people find it? Brendakiss.com. Yeah. And, and before we get to the chat pack, one other question. If people are interested in being healed and to uh, finding out what this Reiki is all about with Brenda Kiss, where do they go? How do they reach you? So uh, I would say one of the best places that I show up all the time is on Facebook. And you can go to kissyourstrugglesgoodbye.com. <laughs> that my... last name is working out so well. <laughs> yeah. So that's my Facebook group. I'm in there. I always give lots of tips and, and love and support. Um, so kissyourstrugglesgoodbye.com. And if you don't have Facebook, you can head over to brendakiss.com or you can go to my YouTube channel. Oh, you have a YouTube channel. Very cool. Which I think it's Brenda Kiss. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. Right on. All right. Um, I know you've listened to just a couple episodes. Are you familiar with the chat pack? No. All right. Well, I have these cards here, and they have questions that might terrify you. Oh. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you pick one, and you could read it, and... Uh, oh, you think I can? Answer. I can read it for you, too. Oh, yes, you have to read it. I do uh, not have my glasses. This, <laughs> this happens almost every single podcast. Okay. Oh, this is a good one for you. Aside from family, friends, or pets, what would be the most difficult thing for you to give up in your life? I would say the work I've done on myself. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to say something physical and tangible, but okay. I, well, I don't know if any of the, outside of my family and friends, if there's anything really, I mean, pictures, I guess. Yeah, no, I like no, I like your answer, your first answer. But yeah, I I think that's probably I know that's the most valuable thing. Actually, that's probably even more valuable than my family and friends because that makes me show up as a different person. Yeah, it makes you the mother and the wife you want to be, right? Yep. Yeah. For sure. That's a great answer. All right, we got one more for you. Best of luck. That one wasn't <laughs> too hard. I'll go with. I'll go in for the end. You gotta try to read it. What is one event in the future whose outcome you would really like to know now? Oh, let me see that. Yeah, read it again. What is one event in the future whose outcome you would really like to know right now? Seeing into, oh man, what a time in the world to be asking <laughs> a question like that. Is there something that you would just, you just need, you'd love to know? Oh gosh. Um, well, I think it would be related to COVID. Like I would love to know what the, the, whole mission um behind this uh, uh spiritual mission that is um behind COVID. Mm. yeah yeah don't we all want to know that <laughs> jeez and um normally i would do too but i feel like i would be doing my listeners a disservice if i didn't ask you this one question because i don't know how many of them are just going to go up and practice uh reiki with you but uh, i'm sure you're willing to just give out a little a little bit of wisdom so my question is this whenever you are having a bad day what is the best thing you can do to help cheer yourself up affirmations 
um, positive statements about yourself. I was sharing how I was not having a great moment right before I was leaving to come here. I got overwhelmed and stressed, had to take some time. So on my five-minute car ride here, I was telling myself how awesome I am, how amazing I am, how great I am, how, you know, God's always around. And, you know, so I was just affirming wonderful things in my life. So I say affirmations or gratitude, top two things that I would do every day to help me to have a great day. Yeah, that's wonderful. I try to do that with my kids, too, with my students. Mm -hmm. All day. I mean, I almost feel like my compliments are like, <laughs> they're kind of watered down because I give so many of you know, but uh, uh, I love giving them and I love the smile that I receive afterwards. And yeah, it's good advice. Solid. Brenda, before you get out of here, is there anyone out there in the universe you would like to give shout outs to? I say my kids because they're wondering where I'm at. So it's a <laughs> shout out to Brennan, Evan, and Harrison. My man, Brennan. Mr. <laughs> Sam says, what's up, dude? Loving having him in my class. Oh, he's a special child. Yeah, he's such a such a sweet kid. I can't wait to get to know him more. And um, this has been wonderful. This has been uh, eye-opening. And um, the word I really want to use is powerful. This oh. has been a different kind of podcast for me altogether. So, and I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it as well. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Brenda Kiss. Kiss.